Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, this is Damien. I'm just jumping in before the episode to let you know of an exciting announcement. So hold on to your butt cheeks because here it is. Scaredy Boys are doing our very first live show. It'll be on Monday, the 20th of June at the Retreat Hotel in Brunswick. And even more amazing, it's also free entry. And keep a firm grip on those cheeks because the movie we'll be discussing is Paranormal Activity. So that's Monday, the 20th of June at the Retreat Hotel. Hope to see you there. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sans Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watch the Amityville Horror. The Amityville Horror is a 1979 supernatural horror film directed by Stuart Rosenberg. It follows George Lutz and his wife Kathleen, who move into their Long Island dream home with their children, only for their lives to be turned into a hellish nightmare. The legacy of a number of murders committed in the house gradually affects the family, and they start to experience strange, inexplicable manifestations, which have strong effects on everyone living in or visiting their house. Joining us today for a little jaunt through this lovely four-bedroom house, which comes complete with a fly room and a doorway to hell, is Billy Dunham, host of the movie podcast, We Watched a Thing. Welcome, Billy. Hey, how you doing, mate? I'm very good. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is this is exciting. This is a dream of mine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just to just to get to see Handsome Tom. <laughs> you, you need, man, you need bigger dreams. <laughs> oh, I know, I've been we're, told that for years. <laughs> we, are, we are not worth a dream. That's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Billy, I'll, I'll I'll get my first question out of the way, which is, what's your relationship with horror? I, I not to toot my own horn here, mm. but I'm a bit of a brave boy. Oh, so mate, in I've this company, watching... that's not hard to do. You toot away, <laughs> the arrogance. Yeah. God, which, which is why, honestly, I feel kind of bad picking this movie because rewatching it, I'm like, this is not very scary. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty dated. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I've been like, I was. My parents were very loosey goosey growing up with what we were allowed to watch so i was like a free child i was able to watch whatever i wanted right um mostly alone but the one thing that my mum loved horror so she introduced me to a lot of scary movies i think i was probably about eight or nine when i saw this one for the first time oh shit uh yeah (laughs) Are um, you okay? That's- <laughs> oh, mate, I'm great. I'm I'm totally fine. I mean, apart from my dreams being broken, because you know, <laughs> sure, sure. 
But yeah, so I've, I've just always loved horror and been a big reader as well. So, yeah. you know, like when I was a kid, like Stephen King was where I kind of started reading mm. and yeah, so that's kind of my relationship with horror. Do you, do you remember the, would this have been the first horror you watched or were there even ones before this? There would have been ones before this. I remember my auntie went deaf when I was about seven years old. Mm-hmm. And one thing she wanted to do before she lost the ability to hear was watch some scary movies with us kids to hear us fucking scream. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember Huge. it was one. Yeah, I remember it was one Friday the thirteenth when I yeah I must have been around seven, mm. and you know they like decorated the house with like spooky ghosts made out of cloths and stuff right. over lamps, and we watched. I remember one of them was Jaws. Yeah, I can't remember what the other ones were. I think we watched House, which is another really old dated horror movie. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this wouldn't have been the first one, but this this was probably around that time. Right. Yeah. That is That's amazing on your auntie's behalf. Most people go like, I'll listen to some banging tunes or you know, <laughs> yeah. it's normally the opposite, the sound of children's laughter. She's like, That's... No, let's hear those fuckers scream. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> what a, yeah. Imagine imagine that being the last thing you what a powerful sound to be the last sound you hear. Be like, yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I've, I've heard it. I've heard the, the most sound powerful of children thing. screaming. Yeah. I'm ready to go. So like Billy, even when she lost her hearing, did you ever just see her? sitting in a chair just smiling because she's like I got those fucking screams I got them (laughs) just replaying them in her head (laughs) oh that is that is mad do you you have a scariest movie on your list as someone who's brave is there one that's really like got you ah Not really. I think the thing is that because I think I started watching these movies so young, Mm. it takes a lot to really scare me. Yeah. Like I get more scared by movies that are closer to reality. You know, like I remember Mm -hmm. Silence of the Lambs was probably one of the first movies that really kind of scared me a little bit. Just was like, this is a real dude. Like this is this just a dude who wants to hurt people and eat people. And like that's there's nothing kind of supernatural about it at all. Right. So last time I spoke to Carney, I was telling him one of the scariest movies I remember seeing it's not actually a very well-made film. It's mm. it's from I think 2006 called The Girl Next Door, and it's the true story of this girl called Sylvia Lykin, who in the 50s was kind of kidnapped by her neighbor and just her neighbor kept her down in the basement and just she was free use for her sons and stuff Oof. to do whatever she wanted to. It's oh, yeah, horrific. It's yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's the kind of stuff that really scares me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah like we've even talked about that where Zodiac is is arguably one of the scariest things I've ever seen because of yeah. th- that exactly what you're talking about that the reality of it in that it's literally these events happen, but that. That one scene in Zodiac, which the three of us have definitely talked about ad nauseum, where they're at the the lakeside or whatever like that, and it just it chills me. It chills me in a way that you know I never yeah. want to watch that movie again, no. but I also want to watch the movie because it's just so good. But oh, yeah. I think I've got to rewatch it. I think movie. I've got to rewatch it soon, boys. I, I think it's it's sitting out there under the TV and she's looking at me. Yeah. She's like, oh, just it's, put me in there, mate. Just give me a it's go. It's at the lake, just waiting for you to show up. <laughs> oh, no. oh no, you got no, the no, Blu-ray, no, don't no, you, no. Tom? Oh, I bought no. the Blu-ray when JB Hi-Fi had some sales and it's still in like the plastic shrink wrap because I love it. Like I yep. genuinely want to watch it again because I think it's one of the best films I've ever seen. Right. But I'm too scared to watch it again. I yeah. don't want to go through that. It's too you're, much. You're like Joey in Friends when he's rereading The Shining and has to keep it in the freezer because it can't hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good strategy. Yeah. Well, let's go to to our movie for today. So the, the original 1979 Amityville Horror. So you you said you watched this when you were eight, was it, Billy? Yeah, around that age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And did it? Do you remember it like 
being a punch in the guts to really scare you? Yeah, I remember it scaring me at the time, which is mm. why I was a bit taken aback when I rewatched it recently. I was like, oh man, I can't believe this is the one we picked for the year of fear. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've chosen well, because we have the bravery of eight-year-olds, so you've actually done quite yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I remember it scaring me at the time. And, yeah. and when I sent you guys the list of movies I was thinking about, in hindsight, I think the most recent one was probably probably from about 95. So they were all mm. kind of older flicks. Yeah. But yeah, I do remember this scaring me when I watched it as a kid. Yeah. I think if you watched it, like, so I spoke to my dad earlier today. I uh, was just having a chat and he's mm. like, what are you up to tonight? And I'm like, I'm recording an episode of Scary Boys. And um, he's like, oh, what movie? And I was like, oh, the Amityville Horror. He goes, oh, scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, what is yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he saw it like at the movies yeah. at like 14 right. when it came out. And he was like, yeah, terrified me. I'm like, I reckon you could rewatch it today, Dad, because it's not, it's, it's not, it's, it, there's some spooky stuff that happens, mm, yeah. but it, but it's, it's aged a bit. And he's like, oh, I just remember those flies. I can't handle it. Oh, Jesus. Let's yeah. just, and then he just changed the topic. It's like he couldn't, <laughs> like, so if, if you were in that era, I guess, of watching it, yeah. but I then argue that at the same era, you've got what, Jaws like four years earlier, yeah. you've got The Exorcist a few years earlier. Both, I think, scarier and better. Yes, and the pace and not as laboriously. It just doesn't. This movie is a ninety-minute special, and it's. I put it on, and I was, yeah. I was ready for a hundred minutes max, and I was like, two hours. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Too long. Yeah. And Tom, you've just broken your dad's brain today. <laughs> he hasn't thought about that since the seventies, and now you've, you've killed him. <laughs> He's got flies on the brain. <laughs> he also told me a story as a part of this conversation about seeing Friday the Thirteenth when he was about the same age right. in Anglesey, which is a, a coastal town near where we grew up. And I was staying in the caravan park, so he watched Friday the Thirteenth at the movies, and then had to walk back in the dark by himself to the caravan park. And he reckons it's the fastest he's ever run in his life. <laughs> Tom, how tight were the shorts he was wearing at the time? Oh, they would have been... He, see, this is the, he would have... Knowing my dad and having seen photos, there is a photo of my dad at 18 years old. This is not related, but it's just a good... Okay. He's got, like, um, these red shorts that are Kevin Bacon-esque. Oh, like, wow. they're so high. And it's a photo of him, and he's he's ripped because he was a runner. Yep. He's got these red shorts on, and he's got a cigarette and a gold medal around his neck. And it's just... It's a powerful image. Yeah. It's... I, I will say this: there is something about the aesthetic of this era when you look at uh, Brolin, yeah. and in particular mm. Margot. Who I realised watching this movie, fuck, I have a huge crush on that. Oh yeah, oh, I'm Straight in love with her, babe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'd forgotten, yeah. I'd forgotten that I was in love. Yeah. And then this movie came on, and I remembered watching Superman two about seven hundred times. Like <laughs> she is, she is a radiant screen presence. And then yes. I looked up her yep. career because I'm like, I have, I'll be honest, I've forgotten about you, Margot, and I should never have. I apologise. <laughs> Sadly, she's passed away. Right. Yeah. But apart from like this, this is her most notable thing outside of Superman. Mm. So she, I don't know, she just didn't have like the kind of career that I would have thought. She seems like a massive star. Right, right. Yeah, that surprised me as well. I looked that up after as well. So apparently she had bipolar mm. and oh. very, very sadly died by suicide about yeah. five years ago. Yep. But yeah, because she has such stage presence in this film. Mm -hmm. She is stunning. She, I actually made myself very sad today looking up her life because, yeah, she did. It was like a combination of drugs and alcohol, I think, and right. they ruled it a suicide, essentially. And I think she was 69 years old when she died. Mm. But the back part of her life was just, just sounded really horrible. Yeah. Like, she just sort of descended into, like, paranoia and just sort of, like, a lot of relationships broke down. And, yeah, 
just feel really bad for her. In this, yeah, she is yeah. fantastic. A weapon. Like, genuinely great. Yeah, even I was looking at some of the reviews that came out at the time of this. So a, a lot of critics uh, panned it. Ebert was definitely not a fan. <laughs> but most of the positive things they had to say was about her performance and especially like well, a, a few of the performances. Um, but also I definitely saw plenty that sort of called her out in particular because she kind of... In, in basically, like they were saying, she gave real sincerity to what is some fairly out there sort of plot lines and plot beats and this sort of stuff, where she really grounded it and, and sort of made you buy in, and, and then of course through that get the scares across. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's great. She's fantastic because she's the emotional hook of the whole thing because sure. he can't be. No, no, no. no. Uh, James Bro- James Brolin. Yep. Yeah. James yeah. Brolin can't do that just because of. I think the way he is as an actor, but also his character is just like way too detached yeah. and gets worse as the film goes on. Yeah, yeah. Also, just watching him, a lot of this film didn't grab me, so I'm kind of looking at him <laughs> during it, and I'm like, "Yeah, I do. I see the resemblance with you and your son, right. obviously." But my God, he looks far more like Christian Bale in this movie. <laughs> I I got yeah. to a certain point where I just couldn't not see it. I was like, "You just look like Christian Bale. Is he your son as well?" Like <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> what did, What did we think of his performance in this? I liked it. I thought he was like. Pretty good. I'll just... I haven't said this yet. Hmm. I didn't really like this film. Sure. <laughs> I think it was too long. Um, it has the most atrocious sound design I've heard probably in a long time. Like, I'd like to talk more about the sound design in a minute. But yeah, his performance, I thought it was pretty good. Hmm. This is very much like The Shining, which yeah, we watched previously. Yes. So when and did it's the crazy that... So this The Shining came out in 1980. 1980. Yeah, 1980. Right, next year. Yeah, okay. But there's a bit of like... There's a lot of comparisons between them because... I was making a few notes as I'm watching this, and it started out with, it's a little bit like The Shining, but not as good in every way. Mm. Yeah. And then the comparisons just keep coming. Like, you get to the point at the end when the kids are locked in the bathroom and he's hacking at the door with an axe. Yes, and you're like, I know. what the hell? You've ripped yeah. this off. But this yeah. movie came out before. The book of The Shining came out, I think, a year before the book of the Amityville Horror. So right. there's a lot of, like, back and forth crossover. Yeah, but they yeah, are quite yeah. similar. A family move into a place and a, 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 the father goes insane. Yeah. Yeah. I think that happens with a lot of haunted house movies, really. Like, they all kind mm. of follow the same beats. And I think the yeah. real hook of this one, particularly at the time, was that it's a true story. Yeah. That this yes. really happened. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. very heavy inverted commas around that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, well that's, that's the whole thing, like, The Exorcist had done. They'd cashed him by being, like, based on a true story. And, David, was it you when we were doing The Exorcist episode that mm. it's, like, the true story is that it's, like, one guy tell, like told a story about, like, <laughs> how he'd watched an exorcism once and that was the basis. Right. Yeah. Or, or, or I can't remember exactly. There's there's a story about the guy who wrote the book and mm. hearing about a true story of an exorcism or something and that's how they marketed the film. Right. But like I was I was going into this because I'd never seen either this or the remake. Um, mm-hmm. And I imagine the remake weirdly, I say scarier because it was in that era where jump scares were the best thing ever. So I think it's probably just yeah. chockers with jump scares. This is Ryan Reynolds, yeah? Yeah. 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 And and Melissa George. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Correct. Which is why I hesitated to ever suggest that movie, because I've already suggested a Melissa George one and made you guys watch it, and it was 30 Days of Night. <laughs> and you still haven't forgiven me. No, haven't. And look at your face right now, Tom, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you have the nerve. Damo, he's got the nerve to pull that face when he made us watch the Banana Splits. Unbelievable. <laughs> the difference is, Sean, is I was like, Banana Splits, this could be a terrible movie. I don't know. Mm. Whereas you were like, 30 Days a Night, great film. 
Great film. <laughs> it was when I was a teenager. <laughs> Dang, it happens. Great premise. Yeah. I felt I felt real bad after rewatching this the other night because, like I said, I saw it when I was seven or eight. I haven't rewatched it in at least 15, 20 years. Yeah. And I threw this on the other night. I'm like, fuck, this is slow. This is dated. This is not scary. I feel like a real sack of shit. <laughs> no, no. It's, the, the difference you have, though, Billy, is that this is a classic. Like, this mm. is a well, yeah. classic. It's we, You can watch this movie and you're like, I see... The Conjuring, I see Insidious, like yeah, every yeah, sort yeah, of dude. horror haunted house movie you can see in this movie, and it's there's some cool stuff that they do, mm. but yeah, it has has it a like we hated Halloween, we're trash, <laughs> <laughs> and Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. mm, that's horny, and I love it. <laughs> oh, you love it because it's horny. Yeah, I mean, that this is has this has its fair share of horniness. Yeah, man, <laughs> it is horny. Actually, yeah, I mean, yes. Margaret yep. Kidder doing that. That ballet move. I mean, hello. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> As that movie was getting to that point, I, t- well, I was watching it with my uh, girlfriend and I was like, do you reckon we're going to see tits in this movie? She's like, nah. And then bang, tits. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, 1979. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you asked her to leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, what's, what's your ballet like? <laughs> Can we talk about the sound design? Because this, for me, mm. well, I guess for this, we watch a lot of contemporary films and- Sound is something that most filmmakers are getting pretty well these days. So we're not used to seeing mm. what I would call very shit sound design. <laughs> right. yeah. This movie was bizarre because you have things like you hear the the voices and the whispers and things mm. like that in the house. The sound design of it, though, was just like literally putting it on top. Like it yeah. didn't actually sound like it was part of the environment at all. It's right. crazy. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, foley yeah. was really bad. The one that stood out to me is towards the end when James Brolin is driving off on his motorbike. Mm. And I'm like, that's not the sound of that bike. Like, that is completely out of what that bike is doing. It's also because it's just someone going, brum, 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 brum. <laughs> yeah, the sound design is bizarre. There was only one bit in the film that actually actively scared me. Mm-hmm. And that was when I looked away from the screen for about 10 seconds to pour a beer. And that fucking cat screamed oh, a yeah, billion yeah, yeah. times louder than anything yeah. else on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> that's when, it's the biggest scare. Yeah, that's yeah. when jump scares are dangerous, when the sound design's really chopped. Choppy and uneven. Like, <laughs> you and no you feel like shit too because you get hit with a jump scare and you're like, no, you didn't deserve that. <laughs> no. Bullshit. No, no, no. Yeah. I, did, I didn't mind the, the sort of harmony singing that sort of came in and out uh, of the – it sort of was pretty heavy at the start of the film and seemed mm. to drop off towards the end. Mm. I was sort of like, oh, that's good. That's sort of like, yeah, it's got a bit of creepiness to it, etc. But I agree, Carney, like they didn't – like we're spoiled by today's standard where that sort of it's woven into the film. But then like even think of Friday the 13th where one of the things we love most is the – Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like where it's – that's yeah. just sort of – I don't know. It, it plays into the story almost because it's literally saying words. <laughs> um, and I felt like that's what they needed for this one is to either give an explanation for this sort of creepy harmony singing which we didn't get – like if one of the kids was doing it at one point or something like that, where they didn't really like, this is what I felt with this movie. It had, it actually set up so many elements that had the potential for scares. And like we said, we've, I actually think it, it, it potentially paved the way as a classic for a lot of the tropes, a lot of the sort of things that we see in, in more modern films that, that have been improved upon basically. Cause this film, it like it had them, but it didn't know what to do with them. It didn't know how to utilize them in a way that was really satisfying. And it rarely tied it to the overarching story, which I think is what really killed me the most is like, you just, it just felt like, like, and here's another thing and here's another thing. And then it's yeah. like, okay, but is this building to something or we're just sort of seeing random snippets? Yeah. Just on that building. Every time it's, every time it was building good tension, 
tension. It would either mm. cut away to like a, a sex scene yeah. with the husband and wife, which, which kind we're of deflated not things about. a bit. Yeah, I'm not complaining, but it like took away the tension a bit. But then also, <laughs> when the tension in the house is building, they kept cutting away to the religious stuff, which was just like dog shit. Like, yeah, I didn't care yeah, about yeah. the church angle at all. The only yeah. part of that I liked was that the mayor from Jaws was a dickhead priest. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Yes. I wanted more of him. I wanted him to visit the house and get killed. That would have been fantastic. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they were burdened a bit because obviously this is based on a true story, which is like... I think the history of this movie is actually fascinating. I was reading into it in the last couple of days. And so, one, like the actual murders that we know for a fact happened in the house that that sort of kicked this movie off. To me, that's like clearly a much more terrifying story, kind of like for the reasons you were saying before, Billy, where this, this happened, this is real. Someone heard voices and killed their whole family. Like that's horrible and like happened and just so brutal. And so then basically what happened afterwards, in case you guys haven't read up on it, is that, yeah, this this family moved in, knew the history of the house, and basically sort of came out and had this like, hey, we got haunted, here's all this stuff that happened, and, and like wrote the book on it. But since then, there's been a number of allegations, one from this lawyer who basically is like, no, no, I was with them when they were dreaming up this haunted house over a few wines. Um, and basically, yeah, it's it's like an open secret without them ever actually having confessed to the fact that yeah, yeah they made it up just to to get publicity and make a and make a buck out of it. Weren't the Warrens involved in this too in the real life? Yeah, thing? dude, they yeah. were. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course they were. Of course yeah. they fucking oh. were. <laughs> so they just oh, popped there up. They are. And yeah. You can only assume they haven't covered that in the Conjuring because they're like, ah, uh, there's already been so many movies. We'll just kind of pick another one of their millions yeah. of cases. Yeah. I guess. Well, that's something I wanted to ask you, Billy, because I was again while I was looking into this. It is insane how many Amityville whatevers there are yeah. out there. Like, I was reading them to my wife. I'll save you guys the, the the trauma of it. But literally, like, there is multiple, multiple ones. There's one about werewolves. There's one about witches. There's the Amityville whatever. Um, Damo. Yeah, dude. Damo. Yeah. You're skipping the best one. Let's have it. The uh, the one with possibly the best tagline, possibly the best plot. Oh, uh, I know. the funniest name. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the 2020 film... Amityville vibrator. Oh, oh Christ, I did. I not thought there was going to be like a shark one. Amityville or something. Oh, there is. Yeah. There is. There's, so this is Amityville vibrator. The tagline instead of "For God's sake, get out" is "For God's sake, get off." Um, and it's about That's good. That's a woman good. named Kathy who, who moves into a new home and comes into contact with a vibrator with ancient evil power. I think it's a porn parody. Right. Yeah. Now that I'm reading <laughs> yeah, it dude, yeah. and looking at the name you're, of... You're telling us about a right now, mate. Just calm it down. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, <laughs> but there is there is a shark one as well. It's called Amityville Island. Mm. A cursed survivor of killings at the Amityville house brings evil to a small <laughs> island where bizarre genetic experiments are carried out on humans and animals. And the poster is of a giant shark. Mm-hmm. Gotta do it. Um, with, with too many teeth. And the tagline is, for God's sake, get out of the water. <laughs> oh. Its average rating on Letterboxd is... 1.5. Got to do it. Do we, though? Got it. Sounds scary. Got to do it. Do we? Yeah, come on. <laughs> okay. Hey, Amityville Vibrator, high, high review. Just saying. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen Killer Condom? No, no. no I've heard of this one. It sounds madness. It's outrageous. <laughs> we'll save that for next year, which is our year of horn, which is a horny year. Yeah. So we'll do Amityville Vibrator. That's the year that kills Tom. <laughs> Tom's heart's got to explode. <laughs> Hey, speaking of reviews, I've just got a quick one from Margot herself about this oh, film. Okay. She said, 
what a piece of shit. I couldn't <laughs> believe that anyone would take that seriously. I was laughing the whole way through it. <laughs> and apparently the guy who played like the priest was getting really angry at her right. because she just like didn't take anything seriously and he was like doing his whole method acting thing oh. and she was just laughing the whole time. Wow. <laughs> God. I yeah. love that so much. Oh, and I read a story like the director was trying to get better reactions out of her or something mm. and they'd like surprise her and do things to like shock her and scare her and she would just laugh. <laughs> and they were just like, fuck, <laughs> fucking hell. That's amazing. <laughs> she sounds like a weapon. <laughs> wow. I like, well, going on the priest thing, there was for his, I, I, I didn't read up on him, but his acting was he would just go from zero to a hundred in the yeah. snap of a finger. Like it was yeah. crazy. And like sometimes like, the fly room scene that haunted Terrence. Yeah, I thought that was actually, that was possibly one of my favorite scenes in that it was visually interesting. There was a natural creepiness to it. There's a revulsion. I liked the sort of close-up shots of the flies doing their little fly thing. Um, and so, like, him sweating it out in there, I thought, oh, yeah, that's good. And then the next scene, he's just, like, losing his mind. He's screaming to the heavens. And he's just like, I'm like, fuck, he's going to have a heart attack right now because this guy's <laughs> losing it. Yeah, he is chewing the scenery this entire film. <laughs> he's in a different film. Yeah. yeah, he's chewed that scenery. He's swallowed it <laughs> down. Yeah, He's going back for seconds. Can't help but respect it, to be honest. He's just trying to do what he's doing. But, yeah, I just found it so weird that we just kept... Cutting away from the house. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. when you're trying to build tension in a haunted house story, don't cut away to like daytime yeah. scenes of priests sort of talking back and forth. Right. It's just like, also, like, we, we stick with this priest for so long mm. and he's, he's like falling apart, but yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, one. All right. The funniest part of this is when the, the sister, I think it is, the nun, yeah. comes to the house. Yes! And then she leaves and pulls over. <laughs> Her spewing is so fucking funny. <laughs> well, just because it's very fake yeah. and you only see her eyes in a yeah. car door. Like, yep. it's very clearly that she is but- not spewing. She just goes, ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it because this is like a kind of gory movie and they're like, oh, yeah. can't show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't yeah, want to do yeah. that. Because the priest spews as well, but he kind of like does it before. You hear yeah. him go, Ugh! and then he comes out side and hides behind this movie is yeah. a spew coward it's afraid right. you get that awesome sound design just show it just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 while we're on the nun did you also see the scene where there i don't even know if it's the same nun i really it was in the background where the nun is shooting hoops with like a gang of youth yes <laughs> no, i didn't even I see laughed that. my ass off <laughs> it was amazing she's, she's just going straight and just shooting and it's completely unrelated to anything that's happening. It's one of those random cutaways you're talking about, Carney, where like there's tension and all of a sudden there's a nun shooting hoops. Yes, yeah. Good on Exactly her. right. I hope oh, she was man. scoring points. Scoring points <laughs> for God. Good on her. I got a question about nuns. So she shows up at the, the wedding for is that the brother? That would be her brother's wedding. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Do nuns ever not wear their uniform? Oh, I think at official things they do, right? Mm-hmm. I've only ever, I've never seen a nun not dressed as a nun. Yeah. Except in Sound of Music when Maria is dressed as not a nun. But she's not a nun for a bit. <laughs> but even just like on her, she doesn't really do anything. She shows up at the house and mm. it's just like, we've already seen a religious person come to the house and be affected. So this yeah. kind of adds right, nothing. Right, Yeah. And she doesn't get affected as badly, I don't think, although she doesn't stay there for long. But then like you see her at the, the wedding. Do you see her again after that? No, but like th- this is what this movie does so much is that it, it sets something off and then it's just like, all right, on to the next thing. Like yeah. there's the scene where the, the co-worker or his, his underling or whatever pulls up at the house and then his girlfriend who's a, who's like got some oh, sort yeah. of sensitivity to the paranormal and she freaks out. And then we do get another scene with them, but now she's like dying to get into the house. So it's, it's sort of super uneven in that regard. Yeah. They literally open a doorway to hell 
and then that's mostly forgotten about for the next 20 minutes. Like, yeah. there's a doorway to hell downstairs <laughs> and everyone's just cracking on with things. Like, and I, I wonder how much of it comes from the, the book, because I haven't read the book, I haven't actually don't know too much about it, but it feels to me like they're trying so hard to get every little snippet from the book, which would have just, yeah. to me, been made up little details these people were pulling out of the air as they were fabricating this story. Yeah. And then they've just thrown it in without any real thought of, how are we actually building a narrative here? How are we getting our three acts and telling a story? Yeah, re-watching it the other night, that is absolutely my biggest problem with this film is that it actually doesn't mm. go anywhere. Like, Yes, dude. There yeah, is so, yeah. like, the film is just two hours of random paranormal happenings and then it just yep. kind of ends and you get a title card on screen and you're like, that, yes. that's not an ending. The yeah. big resolution is a title card? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> what's, what's with the, what do you reckon the idea is behind that the, the original killer looks exactly like the dad pretty much. Again, never explained. They don't even explore that. To me, he's like, is this a, is this a detail pulled from the real world story? And it's like, oh, they kind of had a beard, so they look similar. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. This it, this movie kind of broke me a little bit because for the first half, I was like, oh, look, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying some of what's being delivered to us, waiting for some payoff, waiting for some of that real building, you know, waiting for that axe to get a few swings in, that sort of thing. Yeah. And it... It kind of doesn't. It just keeps repeating those same beats, like you're saying, Billy. And like we same same as you guys at, at sort of the midpoint, we we paused it to get a snack or whatever. And I said to Holly, "Oh, we're halfway through." She's like, "What? I thought we're at the end." You know. <laughs> and it's because yeah, like it, it, you had these scenes which did feel like they're building towards something, and you're like, oh, "Okay, maybe this is our big." act here this is where it really kicks off it's just laying tension it's been laying tension and then no we're going to cut to the nun shooting hoops and it's gone you're like okay and then we're back to the next thing and now there's a yeah a doorway to hell or more flies or whatever the fuck it is (laughs) the thing that that bugs me the most besides the bugs but is there's two bits that i just find insane and i knew i was in for a cooked time right first one is is when that that first iconic priest going into that house scene they don't establish what he is doing at the house until like 30 minutes later when Margot's character is ringing up to be like, oh, he was supposed to come today. Right. And you're like, wait a minute, that happened That happened like a week ago <laughs> yeah, yeah. in movie time. Mm-hmm. What, like, And also when he gets there, they just leave on a boat and he's like, I'll just bless the house without him. <laughs> Cooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cooked choices. He deserves what he gets. But, but the Tom, thing that Tom, I- sorry. She also says, no, no. We were home all day. He never showed up. Right. You weren't home all day. You got on the boat and drove away. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But also, that's supposed to be like days later, isn't it? I, I Look, I lost track of a lot of stuff in this mm. film because I was like, what's happening? But also, <laughs> that entire plot point with the, like, the, the brother's mm. wedding. And you're like, okay, something real big's going to happen here. And it's kind of like money goes missing. Yeah. yeah. And he gets in a fight with a caterer. And that's... That's it. Yeah. And as part of that, it's like, well, is is the... Because I'm like, oh, the wedding's going to get affected. Right. Because we've seen earlier that the house isn't haunted, but it, the, the ghost can also get your car if you're coming. Like, yes. Yeah. What? The ghost has no rules. <laughs> no. Right? Haunted house, stay in the house. It's not at... Yeah. Like, is the priest haunted? Is his car haunted? Is the wedding haunted? What's going on? What's what's going on? I'll tell you what the ghost no does idea. as well. The ghost doesn't want him to have sex with his wife anymore. No. no. Puts the big block on there. Yeah. He gets a bit mm. droopy in the latter half. I noticed his perm was getting droopy. Casper the cock block. Then- <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor dude. Poor dude. But, like, that's this whole movie is that it sets stuff up and never pays it off. Like... Creepy, the daughter having the creepy friend that never actually really eventuates into to anything. Yeah. There's the statue of like the the tiger thing that like somehow bites his leg and seems to be related to the missing money somehow. 
nothing really comes of it. Mm. There's like the black goo shooting up from the toilets, never spoken of until he falls into black goo in the stairs, which I guess is part of the doorway to hell. Like there's all these things that you like, all of these have potential and none of it's realized and we get title cards and you're like, guys, you had so much to work with. Yeah. I think that's my thing too. Like when I was thinking back on this movie from when I'd seen it as a kid, I was Mm. only remembering those few kind of creepy moments, like the flies, which actually is a creepy scene like it's not scary but there is tension there yes and like obviously the bleeding of the walls which is very memorable and like i remember the get out moment being much bigger Mm. when the house says get out but that happens really early in this film and only that once whereas in my head i thought that that was a big deal Mm. so i think what you're doing is what i did when that scene happened where i went oh this is like the simpsons Simpsons. yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah actually shit Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Well, let me ask the question then. Were we scared? No, I wasn't. No. Tom? I think... Yes, once, and we've established mm. when. Oh, the cat. Cat scream. Okay. Cat scream, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. it wasn't earned. Yeah. Didn't deserve it. I'll say this. I was primed <laughs> to be scared. I actually, like, like we kind of spoke about, there's so much that they do in this movie that had the potential for it that we've seen in later movies that has scared me. So, like, quite often I was primed to be scared. I was sort of, like, pre-scared or whatever the word for that might be. And then it never got me there. Like, I was ready to be scared, and it just sort of fizzled out. Yeah. And, like almost in a way that's like this is where i'm like the closest i've been to being brave where i'm like oh well come on finish finish me off over here like you know (laughs) you fluffed me up at least finish the job (laughs) you should have seen tom's face (laughs) just saying i i'm shocked that damo has scaredy blue balls that is is an unheard of concept like from sean Mm. sean we know Classic, 30 seconds of courage. Yeah. Damo, what's, this feels like 30 minutes of courage. I never would have picked it, mate. But then, look, it might have also been just because we had Margot in there doing ballerina moves. And <laughs> it all got mixed up in this swarm of feelings that I don't know how to how to talk about. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I, I yeah, there's there's so much that's iconic. And I can see why audiences at the time were scared. Because it's, it's exactly what you're talking about, Billy, where it's got these very memorable sort of iconography. And some of the visuals, I thought, were quite done well. Like I said, I really thought... 
thought the flies scene was was quite good. The bleeding from the walls, even um, like now it feels dated, but I can imagine at the time, yeah, that would creep you the fuck out. And like one thing that I actually did think that was quite good was, even though it made no sense, was the car scene where like the priests in the car and it's going out of control. There's a, a Stephen King book, eleven twenty two sixty three. Fantastic book. Yeah, it's a really good book, and it uh, it's this perfect King thing where his any of his magic systems or supernatural things always have a cost. And so for this one, it's basically this guy that has discovered this portal to go back to the fifties or sixties. I think sixties. I think it is. Um, and he's the plan is to stop the killing of JFK. But while there, he's still just like it's also just sort of the nostalgia of that time and and all these other great kingy stuff. But one of the things I really liked about it was basically like for him to change things. The the the, the past is I think what's the word he keeps using ob, obnorant yes. or something like that where it's gonna it's gonna push back at you basically. So if you want to stop something small you might get a flat tire on the way there. If you want to stop something big, you're going to get hit by a truck on the way there. And I, again, because it's kingy, it's done in a really, really good way where it sort of is very effective. And and I just love the fact that there's these rules to these magic systems, but it's also got an element of fear to it because he really wants to stop this thing. It might kill him. Like it's And it's this unseen force that can come from anywhere. So again, to just relate back to this movie, when that sort of had a bit of that going on, I'm like, oh, this could be potential that these ghosts sort of have some far-reaching things and they're a force that we can't see that can can stop any of their things that can truly hurt them. But as like the rest of it, that was kind of it and it was unexplained and it didn't like, it needed Kingy in there to sort of go, oh no, here are the rules. Let's really put this in a box and give some boundaries to it. So like I liked, I thought that had potential, but again, did not fulfill the potential. Blue balls, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> All right. Did our, what about our characters? Did they act wisely or foolishly? Fools. Oh. <laughs> Margo, I love her. Just go and see the priest. She tries to call a couple of times, can't get through. She's yes. getting more and more panicked. Yes, I got to the dude. point where I yelled at the screen. I'm like, just get in the car and go and see him. And then she did. And right. I'm like, well. But too late. Yeah. The phones suck always because ghosts somehow can, can yep. kill the phone line. Yep. All right, he's down the road, mate. Like, it's not that big a drive. <laughs> also, priest, big dog, you didn't act wisely. Oh, no. If you can't physically go there, send one of your boys. Send an altar uh, boy. Yeah, You're a yeah. dog anyway. Just commit to it. Can I ask you guys this? Did you think his little sidekick priest was evil as fuck because he looked real shady? Yes. Yeah, he looked yeah. shady. Yes. yes. Yeah. Just when he's on the phone and he's like, oh, he's not feeling well. It feels like he's lying. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. He's but not. he's just, and then, and then he kind of like looks at him and it's real sus and you're like, oh, you, you're, are you, are you the, are you the ghost of the hat? Because I don't understand how this house right. works. Yeah. It feels like there are, like, I know that it's the old, how do you leave the haunted house paradox thing. Right. But it just feels like that's not the problem. The problem is that they just don't do anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's just so much, so many things they could do. And they do none of them, but mm. they also still win. So it's like, yeah. eh, that's my. Yeah. You don't deserve that win. No, no. That's my, like no. why not leave the house after like three or four days? Mm. Thank you, like, Billy. Yeah, once you find a doorway to hell, fuck off. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and I had forgotten that they knew about the murders before moving in. I think right. the other reason I think I remember liking this film is I think I had kind of like merged it in my head with Poltergeist. Oh, okay. Because that's another film that's very, very similar. Ah, uh, yeah. But unlike this is actually good and has a narrative. Yep. And so that film ends with them discovering the Indian burial ground in the basement and that's yep. why the house is haunted. And that's where I thought this film was leading in my head, but it doesn't. Mm. Like, why not move out? You know that there's bad stuff in this yes. house. Yeah, and like even when they finally do leave, it's there's not a lot stopping them. Like, it's really just the like... When obviously when he yeah. goes back for the dog, love that. I'm glad he did that. 
Good, yeah. good boy. Probably should have grabbed him in the first place, but look, we'll move past that. Mm. Um, and then, like, the door closed and that was it. But then he smashed a window and he was out of there. So, like, it, it again, it's like it's adding these elements that future movies are like, no, 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 that's great. Let's make it so this house is, like, stopping every possible way you can leave. Where this one's like, oh, all I can do is close the door. If you smash a window, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, bye, guys. The house shouldn't just target the dad. Target the entire family. Make them all try and kill each other. Because then it's harder to get out of there. Especially the, the kids. Yeah. Like, you've got two, oh, two yes. boys that are mostly forgotten about. They set the kids up as yeah. maniacs yeah. and they did nothing with it. <laughs> did the parents act wisely? They did not. Yeah. This is for all parents. Billy. Please, I'm listening to <laughs> don't let your kids have imaginary friends. It's not worth it. Yeah, nip it in the bud yeah. straight away, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to actually. I think my eldest has one of the Jesus, moments. Shit, like, Jesus, what the fuck did I do wrong? <laughs> yeah, you, you know you're in trouble when you're like, oh, tell me your imaginary friend, and you're like, oh, they don't really like to talk much. They said yeah. they died in a house fire in yeah. 1985. They don't like daddy. No, oh. they, don't, they don't like you yelling, daddy. Their hands are like ice. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, if your kid look, if you're in a horror film and your kid has an imaginary friend, just you know, I don't know, put the, a new kid, put the kid up for adoption. <laughs> Tom, we're on the same page. Yeah. We're on the same page. Get yeah. rid of the kid. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Really... Look, I am not a dad. I do not have kids. <laughs> I am an uncle, and I like being an uncle. Yeah, it's good. I tell you what. The idea that if that, that little bub turns to me and is like, hey, I've got an imaginary friend and uh, he doesn't like you. He's looking at you right now and he's licking his lips. I can hand that kid back to my brother. <laughs> yeah. And leave. Just Never come back. Leave. Yeah. He says something about licking their lips. Uh, I did a gig. You're, you're basically the nun auntie in this movie. You're yeah. just like, oh, fuck no. I'm going to get in the car and just be like. <laughs> and that, that doll that the kid has, is that is that the Raggedy Ann doll? Uh, so, yeah, I looked into this. Basically, that's mostly a coincidence. But, yeah, obviously, mm. the, the tie-in to the Warrens and the fact that their Annabelle doll was actually a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. Is amazing. So I, I couldn't see anything. I was I actually tried to look that up, and basically it's like, oh, look, isn't that a funny coincidence? Whether it was because there was a detail like that in the book, because as we know, the actual Warrens did visit the house in in real life. I don't know. I tried to find out, but yeah, I couldn't find yeah. something on that. Uh, I don't know. I don't think anyone's acting wisely in this. What What's the church like? the The mayor from Jaws. What's his angle? His whole thing is like, we don't want to get involved. We don't want to scare people. Mm. We, like, is he is he playing his character from Jaws? He doesn't want people to be afraid of the church. No, we've got to keep the church doors open. The 4th of July is coming. We've got to get the people in. No such thing as demons. Wouldn't he be like, shouldn't a priest be like, oh, this could be the devil. Let's take right. him down. Tell everybody that we beat the devil. This is our hot ticket. This is like what we've been fucking waiting for. Numbers are dipping in the church. This could yeah, get everyone yeah. back in. Put the fear in yeah. them. I, I actually do like that the movie basically says church are just a pack of fucking dogs. <laughs> they didn't help us. They made the situation worse and then yeah. they just disappeared. Uh, while we're on Wisely or Foolishly, can I ask you guys, because I, I didn't understand this beat. So when our priest friend, he's seen the flies, he's gotten very sick. He's in the church with his creepy underling. And he starts ranting, and we're seeing that cracked, oh, yeah. that statue, blah, blah, blah. And then after his yelling's done, the statue's not cracked, and now he's blind. I have no idea what happened in that scene. No, me neither. Okay, Some good. religious stuff. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. I was like, oh, fuck, is there, like, is there a deeper meaning to this movie that I've been missing? I, have I zoned out for a second? And then, and then that was like the end of his plotline. Like, that almost was the title credits of his plotline, because then it's like, no, he's actually blind. And he doesn't 
I was kind of waiting for him to save the day, exorcist style, come busting in, you know, yeah, do some no, good shit. This feels very critical of the church. It feels very much... Mm. Is that almost saying that the devil had infiltrated the church and stopped him from doing anything? It, it seems chaotic. Right? It seems wild. It has to be. Yeah. 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 But but again, it's a, it's an evil house. How is it affecting a church mm. miles away? Like, <laughs> yeah. I just blows my... Like, this is the thing. It's like, did our characters act wisely or foolishly? Who knows? Yeah. But you know what else doesn't act wisely or foolishly? The house. It does it's not efficient. It is not efficient. Right. It could it could cause so much more carnage yeah. so much faster. It's just sloppy. Yeah. yeah. Sloppy. It goes back to what Damo was saying before that just the rules of the magic are never explained. Like right. is yeah. it yeah. the house that's haunted? Like can it just attach that haunting to anyone who enters? Yes. If it can, yeah. why doesn't it haunt more people? Mm. Like it just doesn't seem to make sense. No, you're mm. right. Yeah. It's it's I, I think I think the thing is like there's a line really early on that I love which is when uh, he's justifying buying the house to to her. She's like, oh, something bad happened to you. And he's like, relax, houses don't have memories. Yeah, yeah. And that's a really cool idea. So yes. it's like, oh, the house is alive and the house is like... Because then it's like, well, okay, the house is alive. It's got a memory. Did the house do this to the last guy? Okay, so how did it... Why is it like this? Mm, mm. But they just never go. They're like, oh, there's just hell in the basement and also <laughs> flies upstairs. Tom, I think the hot, like the house doesn't have a memory. You, you hear that and you go, oh, that's a cool line. Yes. But then yeah. it's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, but we do. Like, that's the problem. <laughs> We're, they're moving into the house and Margot's like... But people died here. She's not in that moment been like, what if the house kills us too? She's thinking, I have to live with the thought of yeah. living in a murder house. Right. So his line is just stupid. Mm. Maybe the whole movie is. Would you guys live in a murder house if it was crazy oh. cheap? No. <laughs> well, no, no, man. Rent's getting pretty pricey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, no. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good house. <laughs> Look, it's yeah, got a little... It's, it's got a, a nice house. view. <laughs> one thing, one thing that's good thing. about the film is the production design of the exterior of that house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That mm. opening shot where you got the kind of eye-like windows. Yes. It's a creepy looking house. Yeah, it's really well done. It's got teeth. It's fucked. Yeah. Well, there was a line on the house prices one of the scariest thing in this movie was they said eighty thousand might as well be eight hundred thousand and you're like i wish (laughs) i wish dudes Uh, if yeah if if someone was like here's a you know no i wouldn't move into a hornet see the problem i have is so i've recently moved house uh and it's an older house um so it could be haunted my girlfriend is so (laughs) hoping that it is oh that's terrible and no way mate i don't I don't want that in my life, but uh, uh, the power of love, boys. Does she own a Ouija board or anything stupid like that? Not if I if I see we have a lot of tarot cards, but if I see a Ouija board, I've, I'm staying at your place. Okay. Does she have an imaginary friend? <laughs> I've never asked. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> All right, well, let me pose this then. What would we do? So let's say the four of us have indeed bought a house together. We were like, hey, housing prices are fucking ridiculous. If the four of us can house share, let's do it. We all buy into this house. How would we do in this situation? I tell you what, Mm. I'm very comfortable thinking that I will live and survive because I've married Margot. Well, we've all married Margot. The four of us have all all married Margot. Margot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no power on earth could beat the power of love in this instance. (laughs) She's too powerful. I think we're just happy. Yeah. Do your worst house. You're using the axe to cut her some flowers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, you know, you could have just used scissors, mate. They're in the top door. You're like, no, I'm a man. That's how strong my love is for. You. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah I think I think we can win because like what the worst thing the house might do is lock a door yeah and maybe open a portal to help but that portal that was pretty easy to get out of. <laughs> yeah he climbed yeah. out of some goo dog helped a bit he was all right even the locked door 
We're strong boys. We can kick yeah, that yeah, door yeah. down. Also, we've got an axe, apparently. So, you know. <laughs> I think we've got four axes, yeah. surely. See? It's a lot of firewood. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're a four axe household. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> four boys, one Margot, and four axes. The real estate agent hands you the keys and four axes. <laughs> <laughs> but only one set of keys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's for Margot, because we'll lose the keys. The other axes are if you don't, there's no spare keys. Hey, get in if you've forgotten your keys. Just use the axe. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Actually, you know what? Maybe we do die in this scenario, though, because the house might take over Margot instead Ooh, this time. Okay. And if it does that, she'll just go through a still kill. Yeah, yeah, she will. I'm dead in a second. She does one yeah. ballet move and yeah. I'll just be stuck there, just <laughs> paralyzed. Yeah. Wow. She walks into a room and I'm just like, I'll put the axe down. <laughs> yeah. I'll put the axe in me. I'll snap it in half on my knee and just throw it in the fire. Sean, I think you've hit something because uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some evidence to support your claim. Uh, this is yeah. a, a quote from my letterbox to review of this film. Okay. Um, yep. I gave so it one star. you're quoting yourself, which I love. Yeah, I'm quoting myself. <laughs> As evidence, you'll, I'll quote a very well-known film critic, Tom Reed. Yep. Uh, yep. No, no, this is evidence of how we would do. There's okay. proof exactly in what you've said, Sean, um, because the final yep. line of the review just reads, Margot Kidder could kill me with an axe. Okay. So... Yeah. No, that was, uh, good. That, was she, good. that was good. I take it. If she that. came Profit. in with an axe, I'd be like, "Oh, I'm just lying down. Let's go." <laughs> right, a swarm <laughs> of flies around her, and you're like, "Sure, let's do it." Yeah, let's yeah. do it. It's yeah, worth it. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I mean, the, like, I, I I usually try to have like have a think about yeah, what would we do in this situation? But because their their solution was just fucking leave, that works apparently. There's no stakes really. Like other like yeah. he's sharpening that axe the whole time and then never uses it, which is like the perfect analogy for this whole movie. You see him throw it into the tree. Yeah. You see that incredible throw and it's like someone's copping yeah, that yeah, axe yeah. in the chest. Also, I'll say this. When he hit her, hmm. I just went, No way, mate, you're gonna die. Yeah, now. right. I thought he was done. Yeah. For them to all get away. It felt so easy. Yeah, like yeah. it just felt like a cop. Yeah, there's out. actually not a single death in this film, is there? Right, other than the ones that sort of happen in the yeah, opening like title. Pre- yeah, yeah. The, the previous. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. Yeah, that's kind of it. kind of lame. Huh, maybe yeah. we're not the cowards. This movie is. That's <laughs> yeah, approach. have some balls, movie. <laughs> I think we just bully the shit out of the house. Like, <laughs> yeah, if the house is like, um, get, like get out. It's like, Eat my dick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, this room's full of flies. Just start pissing on the walls. Yeah, just piss. Just, oh, the toilet's full of black shit. Guess what? I'm going to do a shit on the floor. <laughs> Pop that out. Is this your mouth? I'm going to shit in your mouth, house. Margot's going to leave us, you know. That's divorce right there. She comes home and you've shit on the floor. Yeah. I think the real issue is oh, we yeah. never get our bond back either because they come into a inspection like, why is there shit everywhere? <laughs> While also uh, picturing what we might do in this scenario, Tom, I couldn't help but picture you with a gorgeous perm, and it's all I want now. So can I ask you this? What what do we need to do to get you to get a perm? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. Uh, buy me Tom, a haunted house. Yeah? Tom. Yes? Do we have to watch Midsummer? I think that's pretty good. If we watch Midsummer, I might look. How does one get a perm? I have no I idea, know. but we'll, we'll, I'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. Because my brain's like, that's pretty good. And also in my brain, I'm like, is it forever? And then my other part of my brain's like, Tom, it's called a perm. It's in the name. I actually think they do wear out because I remember once in the early 90s, my dad getting a perm. Oh, and fantastic. he was fucking horrendous with his perm and his little mo. And, uh, I think it lasted about three or four weeks. Okay. Did he have an axe that he was sharpening? Yeah, an axe. No, that would have made it all better. Yeah, that's why it didn't yeah. last. Boys, if you boys watch Midsummer, I reckon I could get a perm. I reckon that's something we could do. Oh, Tom. Okay. Oh, that's so tempting, mate. Guys, you should you should do it. I should sweeten the pot, really, and be like, we've got to watch the Ari 
Boyasta double. Ooh, oh, no, no, no. Whoa, no. whoa. Steady no, on, no. mate. Whoa, Jesus. Wash your mouth Showing your cards too early because that's the immediate walk away from the table right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Demo, just close your eyes for a second. Mm, okay. Imagine me, down. except I've got a perm. Oof. Okay. Tom, I'm going to add one extra element to it. Yep. I want you to be wearing that outfit you described of your dad earlier. The shorts, the gold medal. Cigarette. Cigarette. All of it. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Look, let's 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 discuss this. But look, the offer's on the table. Yeah. We'll put a pin in that. But um, it's all I'm going to be thinking about for the next little while. That's for sure. <laughs> no more blue balls. <laughs> Well, that is all the skinny talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. I've been Billy. Uh, and Billy, thank you so very, very much for joining us. This was genuinely a very lovely chat, even if it wasn't our favourite movie of all time. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This was this was amazing, and I'm sorry that the movie was bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not even the worst movie we watched on this podcast, so you are okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> very, very true. Banana Splits, and Adam made us watch Against the Dark, which was a cruel Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. Against the Dark. Oh, my God. <laughs> Never forget... Billy, where can we find your podcast? You can find me anywhere that you find exceptional podcasts. <laughs> uh, it's called We Watched a Thing. It's exactly what it says on the tin. Each week I watch a thing. I get an amazing guest on. I've had Carney on. Yes. Tom, Damo, you guys are welcome anytime. Beautiful. We watch a thing and we talk about it. And that's it. <laughs> uh, you can find me at wewatchthething.com or on all socials at We Watched a Thing. I especially enjoyed your Halloween stuff last year where you made your wife watch Dracula with Peter Cushing. The Cushing yes. and Lee version. <laughs> The best yeah, one. She she's a coward. Yeah. She's a real coward. Oh, I'm, a girl. Okay. I, I'm I'm such an idiot. I had pre-recorded all episodes for October, so I could have just taken the month off. And instead, I was like, no. We're going to do five bonus episodes and I'm going to make you watch horrors. And I gave her a list of different kind of themes that we could mm. go through. And the only one she thought she'd be brave enough for was classic monster movies. So so that was what we did. <laughs> it's a beautiful genre. You did you chose well there. Yeah. All right. Well, if you scared listeners have any comments about this episode or like to say hi, you can email us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually, I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm at Orca Trade. And I'm at We Watched a Thing. Stay scared everyone that's horny and i love it imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.